This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. I've decided that on December the 18th, Adam Cole will defend his NXT Championship. So next week, we will determine the challenger. And it will be Finn Balor versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Keith Lee in a triple threat match. episode of what comes next cinema geekly's nxt companion podcast it's anthony and jacqueline and uh we're gonna talk more nxt on the wwe network and the usa networks and we're gonna battle through connection issues as best as we possibly can we shall overcome i I mean either that or there's just gonna be awkward silences and people are gonna be talking over one another or saying i didn't catch that could you say it again yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Either either, either way, it'll be great audio. Uh, it won't be that great, I don't think. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we should... Uh, let's start uh, with... Uh, it's episode 300... Or 536 of NXT. Yeah. And uh, we begin with a recap of last week's event. And then uh, we find out Moro Ronaldo is back. And Yay! yeah, good news, right? And uh, he is immediately interrupted, though, by Killian Dane. So mm-hmm. less yay there. Yeah. Uh, Dane uh, is on the microphone, says Damien Priest isn't man enough to face him and makes an open challenge. Nigel McGuinness says that Priest has a rib injury and can't compete, oh. apparently. Guess that makes sense. Uh, Dane's challenge is answered by Pete Dunn. That makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. 
Uh, and this was a Pete Dunn match early on, so a lot of brawling that evolved into joint manipulation. Crowd really liked Pete Dunn. In fact, this was a kind of like a callback to the takeover uh, with a triple threat match where the crowd just didn't care about anything until Pete Dunn did something, and then they were happy. Yeah, well, that's how, I mean, it's supposed to be, maybe? Mm-hmm. I, I suppose, yeah, that makes some sense. Uh, so Pete Dunn in control early on. Killian Dane hits the divide, this running cross-body thing to take control. Uh, the crowd must have chanted something. Oh, they were chanting at Dane to shave his back. I wrote, crowd insists that Dane manscape harder. Oh, I agree with that. I did have crowd is super chatty, but I have no idea what they are saying. So yeah, they I'm were, glad you picked up on it. I believe they were chanting, shave your back. I oh. think. Yes. Uh, Pete Dunn misses a moonsault to the outside, lands on his feet, but tweaks his knee. Killian Dane hits a suicide dive. Suicide dives Pete Dunn right into a commercial break. Uh, at some point during this break, Pete Dunn took control because when we came back from the break, Pete Dunn hit Killian Dane with a superplex. Uh, he does hit his moonsault eventually, uh, but uh, because he hit this moonsault, Pete Dunn ends up getting beat up real bad for his trouble, getting thrown around all over the place. Uh, yeah. This leads to Killian Dane attempting a Vader bomb. <laughs> I'm just going to call it like I see it here. But Pete Dunn is stupid and tries to put on a chokehold while they are on the ropes. So Dane uh, passes out and falls backwards and smushes Pete Dunn and lands on him, and Killian Dane wins. <laughs> what did you think of the opener and this creative ending? Um, so this was probably the best uh, Killian Dane match I've seen. Yeah, it's pretty good. I feel. Um, not happy with the ending. Isn't this how the triple threat match ended, kind of? Like, it, it, you know what? Like I've seen this. It was actually kind of the reverse. I mean, it was similar because Pete Dunne had Killian Dane in a choke, and Killian Dane did the senton, but it was sentoning Pete Dunne onto Damian Priest. Right. So it was the same thing, but opposite. So I don't know. This is dumb. Um, I think also... it, I think it worked in that match, but it made Pete Dunn Pete Dunn look like Pete Dumb in this match. Yeah, it did. So, um, but I mean, not a horrible way to start off no. uh, an episode. Yeah, I'm gonna open Grapple here. I hope my internet works. Uh, Me too. What did you give it? I gave it a two and a half. Oh wow, I was way more generous. You said this was Killian Dane's best match. Yeah. It reached, Imagine what I think of his worst. It reached average for Jacqueline on the score scale. I gave it three and one quarter. Oh, dang. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I probably would have liked it more if the finish had not been so silly. Um, Grapple gave it 2.92. So, almost a three. But not quite. But not quite. Uh, up next on the show, we got Dakota Kai backstage... She says Tegan Knox doesn't matter anymore. She's going to take out Rhea Ripley tonight. She said she thought she was giving Rhea what she wanted and uh, also talk trash about Mia Yim. So mm-hmm. Dakota Kai in one backstage segment set up three programs for herself. One with Tegan Knox, one with Rhea Ripley, and one with Mia Yim. Uh, yeah. She's uh, picking up steam, this Dakota Kai. She is. This, this version of Dakota Kai, I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Undisputed Era come out, minus Bobby Fish. Uh, Adam Cole puts himself over, puts the group over, says that he's mad about Bobby Fish being injured. Says this is he is, really injured? Sorry. I think he is. He said something about his neck, which it looked to me like he was concussed for all the world. They tried to tell me on TV it was his knee, and now Adam Cole is saying it's his neck. So he's got maybe he's got injuries all over the place. Maybe. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, he says he's mad about Keith Lee pouncing him into oblivion. Says he's mad at Finn Balor, too, for kicking him. He says that he wants answers, and out comes Keith Lee. And Kyle O'Reilly was awesome here. Says that Keith Lee has been the bell of the ball lately. But he mm-hmm. lost to Roman Reigns because he's a loser. He also makes some sort of pun out of Keith Lee's name, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. But he made this horrible pun, and all of Undisputed Era laughed heartily at this bad Was pun. it like the momentarily? Lee? Yes, it was. And then they all they all laughed at this bad joke. <laughs> um, they think they're very funny. Uh, they do. Lee says that some of what Kyle said was true. He turned Adam Cole into a viral sensation, thanks to him. Says he's a moment maker. Uh, and right now he's trying to decide which of their championships to take first. Uh, they battle him three on one, but he wipes them out. Ciampa then hits the ring. And, uh, well, actually Cole's running away. Ciampa gets to Adam Cole, throws him back into the ring. Uh, Keith Lee tries to get him with a spirit bomb, but it is broken up. And uh, the Undisputed Era sent scurrying. Uh, that was pretty good. Doesn't this set up our main event for the evening as well? Or did that happen later? I don't remember if um, um, the main event was set up here or not. I mean, they didn't talk about it here, but it, I mean, this is what set it up. Like, you knew this was going to happen, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, it does get set up a little bit later, for sure. I, I'm scrolling through my notes, and I do see that it is set up later. I thought maybe it was set up here, but I was I was thinking yeah. of something else that gets set up later in the evening. Um, yeah, yeah. We get a... We get a promo from Zia Lee backstage, says that she was bullied last week but isn't laying down. She's fighting back, and Shayna should be ready to fight a warrior tonight. I like Zia Lee here. I thought she was pretty confident in her in her words. I liked her, yeah. She was um she was good. She was believable. Yes. Uh then they air this great Kushida recovery profile video. I where know, his little girl is so cute. He talks about how he was put on the shelf by Walter and that while he was on uh, on the shelf, he got to spend time with his his young daughter and his wife. And in his own words, Jacqueline, Kushida says that he learned what love is all about. He learned he said that his, I can't remember his, his little girl's name, but he said that he said her name. He said, like, that's love. Uh, and he's fighting for his family. He's brought his family here to, to make a good life for them. Uh, completely burying Japan, by the way, which, I mean, and I don't know if I were him raising a small child, I think I'd rather have my kids go through the Japanese school system than the American one, but, <laughs> you know, what? I, and their health care is probably better than ours, but you know what, he works for the United it, States company, he's got to say it. Uh, yeah, it, it really just set him up as, like, the ultimate good guy. He right? seemed, like, yes. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm sure NXT is nice, but it sounded like life was a whole lot better while he was injured and away from NXT. 
Yeah. There's a shot of him in slow motion going down a slide with his daughter, and it looks so, oh, it was so great. It's joyous. Like, that's what it is. It was very happy. Uh, we got Zia Lee and Shayna Baszler. Uh, this starts with Zia Lee outstriking and grappling Shayna early on, but eventually Shayna gets control, stomps on her arm, and it is all Shayna from there. Uh, she's in control for quite a while until she tries to give Zaya this uh, gut-wrench suplex off of the top rope, which Zaya counters, hits a powerbomb for a two. She goes for her spinning kick, but misses, and that's when Shayna locks in the Kirifuda clutch for the win. Uh, what did you think of Zaya Lee and Shayna Baszler? So the, probably the strongest I've seen Zaya for mm-hmm, sure. I think good. she's getting better. I thought this was... Oh, sorry, what? I just said she looked good. Oh, there's the first yes. one of the show as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she did. Um, I thought this was kind of a weird matchup because, like, Zaya has been getting, like, these kind of, like, I don't know, not great matches. So um, mm-hmm. I thought this was weird. Um, but I I did somewhat enjoy it. They did not seem to know each other very well, though. There was, like, a bit of a... Yeah. Unfamiliarity. Yeah. they they Like, they hadn't really worked with each other before. Maybe. Yeah, it was it was like either wonky or hesitant. I couldn't really but like it wasn't fluid, mm-hmm. shall we say. Yeah. Uh what would you give Zaya and Shayna? I gave it two and a quarter. Okay. I went two I went all the way to two and three quarters. I thought Zaya looked really good in this match and I thought maybe they were a little bit of time away if they'd gotten a little bit more time. That mm-hmm. this could have reached reached the good level on the uh, the rating scale. I agree. Uh, grapple two point one seven. So, okay. yep, pretty close. Uh, after this, we got Cassius Ono. I'm sure you were very excited to see him. Uh, <laughs> That's one word. <laughs> he says that he is the greatest British wrestler alive. And he says that he is here tonight to see if anyone wants to see a Worlds Collide preview. Uh, Because, of course, the takeover in January has been replaced with a Worlds Collide event where NXT will face NXT UK. I will say, though, he is great at staying in character. Yeah. Yep. And he wore a very cheap-looking t-shirt as well that just said Cassius Ono Wrestling Genius on it. (laughs) <laughs> Looks like he got it made at, like, the mall t-shirt. I mean, back when they still had, like, mall t-shirt stores. Oh, uh, like the screen printers, yes. Yes, the screen printers. Um, mm. Another exciting bout, Jacqueline, when the Forgotten Sons take on the team of Leon Ruff and Adrian Alanis. Uh, Leon Ruff, one half of the Evolve Tag Team Champions, uh, did not matter in this match. Uh, I just wrote... Sons kill them and win with their finisher. Mm-hmm. Would that be an accurate description of the match? Yes, it was. Um, who is Leon Ruff's tag team par- partner in Evolve? Is it AR Fox? It is AR Fox, yeah. I knew I saw these guys before. Yeah. Um, so I've seen them live and I thought they were really good. I don't know why the Forgotten Sons got a squash match, though. Like <laughs> They've been around for years. Like, squash matches are for when you're establishing guys. Yeah, like, well, but, I mean, I don't know, like, why are we establishing them? Well, I mean, they shouldn't be. That's the thing. They've been around for years. They shouldn't be in these types of establishing matches. So I don't know why this happened. 
Yeah, there. This was hard. I did not enjoy this at all, and I felt I have here. Morrow was trying so hard to make this interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think everything the forgotten. I think everything these guys did in this match looked good. Uh, I mean, it was just Forgotten Sons killing them. They hit them hard. They hit them with these mm-hmm. big moves, and then they hit them with their finisher and won. I mean, there was nothing to it, but uh, you know, below average for sure. But I thought an adequately performed squash match. But I just. Don't know why they did this, and please stop trying to make the Forgotten Sons a thing, please. Yeah. I did not enjoy this at all. Uh, what did you give it? I gave it a one. Ooh. I'm a whole star above you. I, I went with two. Uh, but Grapple, 0.7. So, they were even below you. Unbelievable. Um, after, uh, oh, you know what? There was a thing that happened after the match. Uh, Jackson Riker took uh, Leon Ruff uh, as if he had not been beaten up enough and chokeslammed him over the top ropes onto the apron. So, just a dick thing to do. I felt bad for the guy. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and address this real quick. Actually, uh, we have switched we have switched talking applications. We're now on Skype for the remainder of this podcast. So, apologies for the decline in audio quality, but uh, the show must go on, so... So uh, they say. Yes, that's that's what they say, and uh, we will agree <laughs> with them, uh, at least for the remainder of this podcast. So, up next, uh, Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley, a match that doesn't occur, as uh, Rhea kind of cuts this weird... Pro- Did you think this was weird, what she said to Dakota? It was a little... I don't think the... Di- like, the, the dialogue was not great. Yeah, she said... She's, like, uh, talking about how Dakota did, like, a sneak attack, and she's, like, I believe her exact quote was, the funny thing about sneak attacks is, right now, I believe was Mm -hmm. the line. And I'm, like, what? Uh, And then Mia Yim showed up, and uh, Mia Yim got into a brawl with Dakota Kai. It was a great brawl, and clearly these two have a feud going on as well. The horsewomen jump Rhea Ripley, and Shayna chokes her out. Uh, she says that Rhea Ripley will be getting her title match on December 18th, Jacqueline. Ooh. The, I don't know what that means. It's, but. <laughs> it's the last NXT TV of the year, maybe? Oh, if they don't maybe. do a show, If they don't do a show on Christmas, it will be the last NXT show of the year. And I presume that is the case. AEW's last show of the year is on December 18th. They aren't running on Christmas Day, so... Perhaps NXT will not run an event that day either, which would be pretty considerate, actually. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So do you think this is where um, Shayna loses her title, or not yet? So, I I honestly think they should just run with Rhea Ripley as soon as possible. I think the more you delay it, you run the Mm -hmm. risk of it not having as great an impact, but... I could see them doing some sort of thing where the horsewomen cost... Rhea the match, and, mm. uh, I mean, I, they, they certainly set it up here where it was three on one and Rhea Ripley was defeated, and yeah. I could totally see them doing the title match where it's a three on one and Rhea becomes victorious, so it's possible they could do it there, but they could also postpone it and give Rhea a reason to have a rematch at the takeover, but that takeover is not until February. So it's yeah, we got a lot of time. It's a lot of time. I think it would be smart 
to put it on Rhea now. But, yeah, she's she's gaining a lot of traction with the crowd. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Kelly is backstage with Tommaso Ciampa and Keith Lee, where she announces that the main event of the show tonight is essentially War Games minus Bobby Fish and Kevin Owens. Yeah. Uh, there's a Finn Balor video where he says that everyone is playing checkers while he is playing chess. Great line, by the way. Yes. Uh, and who does he say he's checkmated? I forgot. Was it Ad- was it Adam Cole? It may have been checkmate to Adam Cole. Yes. Um, there is a Swerve hype video, uh, yeah. which is well done. They're keeping everybody. They're keeping Swerve on everyone's minds. Uh, mm-hmm. Cassius Ono comes out uh, for his open challenge, and it is met by Matt Riddle. Uh, and of course, these two have a long history. Uh, Nigel has noted that uh, they've had three battles, all of which Matt Riddle has won. So, uh, lots of grappling early on. Riddle hits a big German suplex, then goes crazy, but Cassius Ono cuts him off and goes back to putting him into wrestling holds. Um, one of Ono's favorite holds is the cravat. It's a kind of a neck vice, and you see him put Riddle in this, uh, frequently throughout the match. And at one point, he actually, while, while holding Riddle in this hold, hits something very similar to Angel Garza's wing clipper for a two. Yes. Uh, Matt Riddle completes the Matt Riddle combo, which is the bro to sleep, the power bomb, the knee strike, and the floating bro, but he only gets a two. Uh, they trade some reversals for a moment, and then Matt Riddle powers him up into the bro Derek for the win. It was pretty impressive. It was, and Matt Riddle is now 4-0 against Cachizono. This was probably the best match between these two. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one. I yeah, I liked it more so than anything else. Like I I don't like Cassius Ono, and even this, I was like, all right, I see what they're doing now, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just I mean, Matt Riddle is so strong, just yeah. so strong. Um, and Cassius Ono, while I don't, I don't know, he's not my favorite. He does have the best like entrance music. You dig the uh, the Ono Ono I, Ono song? I, I do. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. There's a lot of decent theme songs. I think this is yeah, pretty good. and I really like that one. Yeah. Uh, on the grapple skit. Well, let's not go to grapple yet. What did you give Ono and Riddle four? I a, gave it a three. Okay, so you did not give their fourth encounter a four, but uh, I did not. Neither did I. I gave it three and a quarter. Grapple, okay. grapple with a 2.97. All right. We're close. Boy, to not even be in three, though, there must have been some people who really rated that match low. They were not happy. No one wants to see Matt Griddle. Matt, um, Matt, Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono, that's what it is. Um, Kushida is supposed to be taking on Raul Mendoza. Like, when... we haven't seen him in forever. That no. would have been great. And then he gets attacked by Cameron Grimes. He lays him out and then apparently puts himself in the match. Uh, I thought this was weird. So, yeah, like he comes out, lays out Raul Mendoza. Then they play his theme song and his video and he comes out there and then the announcers are scrambling. Like, does William Regal approve of this? Like, is this match official? And then the referee has to like do the finger up to the the earpiece bit to be like, oh, yeah, I got word. It is. Official. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. And all I can think of watching 
stuff like this is like, you can't do this anymore. Because either that or you got to do it where, like, Cameron Grimes hits Raul Mendoza, comes out, and he's like, I'm putting myself in this match. And then they're waiting in the ring for the ref to ring the bell, and he's like, Mr. Regal says you can't wrestle him, you have to go to the back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because Regal's in charge here, not Cameron Grimes. Like, if Regal doesn't put his foot down, then, like, everyone's just going to interrupt whomever they want to get into matches. I like that you're just uh, advocating for Regal's management style. It's like, come on. This is this is not good management. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I guess he was put in a, a a rock in a hard place here. He's like, well, it's supposed to be Mendoza, but he clearly can't compete now. And I guess this Grimes match with Kushida will be good. Uh, yeah. So Kushida with a big dive to the floor, and he out wrestles Grimes. Uh, at one point, tears his arm off. I wrote while putting Grimes in an octopus hold. Yeah. I, yeah, I had, I mentioned that too, I wrote about that too because I was like I felt that in my arm like watching that. Yeah, I think they were gonna kind of slowly go to the ground, but one person lost balance a little bit, and Kushida not wanting to just fall off held onto the arm, and Grimes' arm bent in a way that is arm that should is not. not. To. Yeah, yeah, uh, it looked really gross. Uh, Grimes cuts him off with a German suplex. Kushida makes a short comeback, uh, but Grimes tries for his backflip German, but Kushida counters it into a forward roll-up for the win. Uh, What did you think of Kushida and Cameron Grimes? I mean, Kushida coming back like full force here. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I did not like that he did not come out in his Marty McFly getup, by the way. We have not mentioned that yet. Yes. Um, but I dug it. I liked it a lot, actually, all things considered, even though it was wonky in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so, too. It was a little weird. The setup is a little strange, but yeah. at the end of the day, I thought good. Yeah. I gave it a three and a quarter. Oh, wow. We were, we've reversed from the last match. I gave this one a three. Okay. Uh, but Grapple thought slightly less. 2.71. Not even two and three quarters. Wow, grapple. Can't believe them. They're just wrong on that one, I think. Uh, yeah. There is a Leo Rush-Angel Garza feud video, and a match for the title is announced for next week. Uh, our main event uh, is the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong taking on Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and Tommaso Ciampa. All good guys early on in the match uh, heading into a break. It took all three of them to finally get the heat on Dominic Dijakovic after the break. Uh, They beat on him for a while until he finally tags in Tommaso Ciampa, who goes crazy. Yeah. Hitting everybody with everything everywhere. Uh, Project Ciampa on, I think, Kyle O'Reilly for a two count. Uh, But there's a blind tag made by uh, Kyle and Kyle and Roddy hit the high-low on Ciampa, but is broken up by Dijakovic. Uh, Ciampa gets yeah, the... He... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, all he had to do was really just like reach in the ring, and he was halfway across, so like he's fine. Due to his enormous size, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, tall. Ciampa gets the tag to Keith Lee. Uh, Roderick Strong gets the tag to Adam Cole. They battle to the floor where Dominic Dijakovic hits a springboard torneo. This was very impressive. Oh, he looks like a figure skater. That's yeah. it. Yeah. A, a, just a gigantic figure skater full of muscles. 
I was super impressed. I was like, what the hell is happening right now? Yes. Uh, while all of this chaos is going on, the referee uh, has his back to Adam Cole. When Finn Balor comes into the ring and hits Cole with his John Woo dropkick, which sends Cole into the referee, uh, taking him down. Uh, and he hits the Bloody Sunday on Tommaso Ciampa. And then it looks like he's going to try to do more damage when they do this. Sometimes WWE is awesome with stuff like this. They do this, this amazing cinematic shot of Balor growling in the corner, ready to deliver another dropkick when, like, I don't know how, I don't know how best to describe this. Uh, I, I, somebody said Godzilla rising from the ocean. I thought it looked like a, like a Muppets move. Like, <laughs> like all of a sudden there's someone there. <laughs> yes, Keith Lee, like, rises from below frame and towers over Finn Balor. Uh, he hits the spirit bomb on Finn Balor. Uh, Cole hits Lee with a super kick. Uh, but the last shot is countered into the Big Bang catastrophe. And Keith Lee pins Adam Cole to win this match. Before we talk about the post-match what did you think yeah. of the main event? Okay, I thought this was fantastic. Me super too. athletic, super high energy. Like, I really, really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, this is my I match of that- the show. Yeah, this was the best one. I like that Kyle O'Reilly's back in his natural habitat of being the one to get beat on. Like, we're finally, like, things are right with the world kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dijakovic is um, wonderful. Again, I don't think they're using Keith Lee to his full potential. And that makes me sad, but I'm glad he got the pin here. Um, yes. Also uh, establishes Finn Balor as like, um, like Finn Balor is like the new Shayna, right? That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. He's just beating on everyone. He doesnn't care. Nope. So. He doesn't have a problem. Uh, what did you give the, the main event? I gave it a four. Oh, wow. Okay. I went three and three quarters. So really close yeah. on that one. Definitely my match of the show. Grapple a little less generous with a 3.47. I mean... About three and a half. I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't really argue with just about three and a half, uh, but I thought it was a little bit better than that. A really good match uh, to end the show. And speaking of ending the show, post-match, William Regal comes out and announces that on the 18th... Wall games! (laughs) he He does not. I bet he felt tempted. I really wanted it. Like every time I see him now, I just yell that. <laughs> I just you just want him to, uh, you know, he could turn into the new. I don't know if you're. I don't know how familiar you are uh, with Ron Simmons in WWE. Um, no idea who that is. He is a, a, a is a wrestler from the late '80s, early '90s. Was kind of his peak, but he was a a tag team wrestler during in the Attitude Era, and okay. his his uh, catchphrase was that he shouts the word damn loudly. Okay. And to this day, he will make like cameo appearances backstage with skits where he'll just stand there for a while for like a really long time until the moment is right. And then he will just shout damn and (laughs) people will laugh or whatever. And I could see this being Regal's new thing. Like he'll just walk into frame and people just be staring at him for a minute, and he'll just shout, War Games! War Games! <laughs> That'll be awesome. Let's make that I happen. I want that to be a thing so badly. <laughs> um, so he comes out, he holds back, he bites his lip from saying War Games will happen on the 18th. Uh, but he regains his composure 
and notes that on the 18th, on this big show now, where there will be now two championship matches, uh, Adam Cole will be defending his title against the winner of next week's main event, a triple threat match between Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, and Keith Lee. Mm -hmm. Uh, So huge main event signed for the next show, and they're obviously building for this big championship match. That's got to be the last match. They they can't be doing a show on Christmas after building up to this big show the week before. That just seems silly. So I got to imagine they're both taking, both companies are taking a week off. Probably. What I'm more sad about by this, though, than anything else, though, is that um, now the women will probably not main event that episode. No, pro- probably not. And, like, that sucks. Like... I mean, they called it first. That's a big so. match. Like, I would open the show with that match then, at least. If you're not going to close it, give them, yeah. like, the hot, the super hot crowd to start the show with. Uh, yeah. Who do you think wins this triple threat match? Because I think the ultimate destination for Adam Cole is still Cole and Ciampa. But yeah, I agree. Keith Lee has really caught on fire lately. So he has my fear is that he's just going to be picked up by the main roster and and disappear into oblivion. Yeah. Um, my feeling is that if Keith Lee wins this match, he'll go to the 18th lose and then Vince will just bring him up. Yeah, but I think I, I still think I think it's definitely going to be Ciampa and Cole at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. That's my feeling as well. I think Baylor is going to wreak a lot of havoc. I don't think we've, we're done with that. Like, I think he's going to create some hell. Well, regardless, I think Adam Cole needs to hold on to the title through January because if they are doing brand versus brand, I would really like to see Adam Cole and Walter. Versus Walter. I just oh my really God, that wanna, would be fun. I just really want to see that match. And uh, by the way, speaking of Walter, I don't know if you heard the news. Did you hear the Walter news? No. Okay, so he was in, in fact, in my neck of the woods... Uh, he was working, going to be working on an Evolve show that was happening in Michigan. Uh, he was okay. doing, I think he was doing one in Pennsylvania too. Like they're doing two, two shows back to back and, um, I don't know, Chicago. He got arrested. No, it was Chicago. Oh no. Walter would not get arrested. I didn't. Um, the, the other show was in Chicago, not, uh, okay. not Pennsylvania. Uh, but in the Chicago show, uh, the car, the rental car that Walter was sharing with another wrestler was broken into and Walter's gear was stolen. <gasps> Walter's NXT UK championship was stolen. Oh and, my gosh. And Walter's passport was stolen. <gasps> so at least working for WWE, the passport thing probably shouldn't be an issue. I'm sure they can get that resolved. Everything and else is. Like I'm sure big they've deal. got backups of the belts and stuff, but just horrible. That is horrible. And why would you steal another man's underwear? wrestling gear? Basically, yeah. what it is? Essentially, Walter has giant spandex underwear. Like I don't know why. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know who who could even fit into them other than Walter. To be honest, with you. maybe. Well, I bet you they could sell them. Oh, maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, if they if they turn up somewhere. Jeez. Uh, just re- a crazy story. Uh, before we take off, uh, we we are, of course, in the middle of the Wednesday Night Wars, Jacqueline. We thought at one point that it seemed like uh, they were over, but then they started getting interesting. And quite frankly, they've only continued to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> so now 
demographically speaking, uh, we're in the tenth week now. AEW is ten for ten in the yeah. demos. They have won every week in the eighteen to forty nine demos. Uh, if you look at the charts, AEW is above NXT on all ten weeks that they've gone head to head. Now this week, though, uh, the margins for everything were razor thin. Hey. Yes, in fact, NXT even won like males eighteen to thirty four, which they've never done. Uh, hmm. So they won a few demographics that weren't fifty plus. But in another sudden turn, NXT had been winning the overall viewers every week. This week, AEW won the overall viewers, but by a slim margin of 851,000 to 845,000. So Very close. Both of these shows are, I guess, st- statistically just neck and neck. They're essentially tied. Um, which is good. I mean, both shows have been, both shows have been good. Uh, AEW's show this, uh, this past week was an improvement over last week's show, which was kind of bizarre in a lot of ways. Um, their show this week, much, much less bizarre, a much better show, but even still for the second week in a row, I'm giving the win to NXT. I thought they had the better show for the second week in a row. This is now in my by my record that I'm not actually keeping a record of. Uh, so I'm presuming this to be the case. The third time I have given the win to NXT in the 10 weeks. So it's still like, it's still like seven to three AEW, but, um, this is their second week in a row that I think NXT has had the better show, but interesting back to only being by slightly last week. NXT had the far better show. Uh, this week it was more of a closer call, but NXT still wins. I think. AEW still new. They got to test some things out. Oh yeah, yeah. They've uh, they've got a lot of growing pains to go through. Uh, they're going to have their awkward weeks. They're going to have their things that don't quite make that much sense. Uh, okay. The question is, uh, do they keep not making sense, or do they get it figured out? Uh, Very true. Yeah, you don't want to evolve into like where WWE is gone, where for the most part <laughs> they've just forgotten what it is to make sense of anything. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that's a wrap uh, for this week's show. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT. Hit subscribe, and that way you can hear us come back next time talk about more NXT on the USA and WWE Networks featuring a number one contenders triple threat match with Tommaso Ciampa taking on Finn Balor and Keith Lee.